30 and Nerdy Podcast is presented by Advertising Expressions. With so many ad specialties available, there is a huge opportunity for professionals like yourself to boost ROI and leave a lasting impression with your customers. Our mission is to help you create long-lasting relationships with your clients through the power of promotional products by getting your name in front of as many people as possible for as long as possible. We can help you today. Call Advertising Expressions, the place that the nerds use, at 423-586-3270. Ask for Zach and tell them the 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you. What's up guys, it's your Duke of Nerds, Tyler Mack, just popping in here to tell you this is a very special episode where we get to sit down and talk with Danica Janelle from Talk Culture. That's right, Talk Culture. You need to check them out. It's Danica and Kid Cadet. You're going to hear in the interview where you can find them, what all they do, and just how exciting of a show they are. Uh, You also get to hear about time in theater and her teaching at NC State, so enjoy we're just going to go ahead and get to the interview cheers to you nerds what's up nerds and nerdettes we are here with the amazing danica janelle hi how are you today oh that is a a loaded question but you know i'm i'm here and i'm at work so i can i can say that i'm decently well so before we get started, I wanted to ask you, I went to your website oh, God. and it said on your portfolio that you did Urine Town and She Kills Monsters and both of them said 2023. Yes. You've uh, done followed followed directly this. by title of show. What's your turnaround on productions? Uh, so that's the most that I've done sequentially in quite a while, but that was um, so... You're in town opened February 20th. The Tuesday after that, I started rehearsal for Monsters and that opened in April. And then the week after that closed, I started rehearsal for title of show and that opened in June. So basically six months I was working um, six to seven days a week. (laughs) I'm a high school theater teacher and I do one show per semester and it takes the whole semester. Mm-hmm. I am stressed start to finish. I'm a I'm a nervous wreck. So I can't imagine doing that. That blew my mind. It was a lot. Um not gonna lie, it was uh, slightly panic inducing, but yeah. you know, um but they were all really high caliber shows. I mean, title of show is thankfully very very low um like project wise so like yeah. production wise it is it's very very small compact i mean it's four chairs and a keyboard it's pretty easy um but uh monsters was um pretty epic. i love i love that show it was yeah. it was super duper cool and fun um i had a tremendous sound and lighting designer um and they 
they came up with this brilliant thing, like even in November, before we even started production meetings, that they were like, so you know how um, Agnes is dealing with the trauma of losing her family in the car accident? Um, yes. What if the sounds that the Tiamat make are like a blend of car accident noises? And I went, oh my God, obviously we're doing that. It was it was brutal, but it was so good. And they still made it sound like dragons somehow. It was incredible. When we did it, uh, a theater company uh, that I used to work with, I was the artistic director at the time of it. The way he did the voices, it was like, all the naysaying voices like mom and dad and bullies and and even her older sister's voice that she heard her own voice saying you know leave me alone oh, you know, oh like, man that's like that's car rough. accidents dude like that sounds so dramatic <laughs> yes that was kind of the point <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> well i love that yeah because she had she had to fight her own demons you know <laughs> Well, yeah. because I'm a crazy person, uh, we're doing Chicago this semester. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. If I could turn back time, I would smack myself in the face a couple times and say, hey, if you thought about something else, but I, I have to do stuff with a big ensemble because it's like a no-cut program kind of yeah. situation. Mm -hmm. So I have to have big ensemble. And so I did High School Musical last year. And I wanted to do something that was the farthest from. I needed a break from the Disney smile. So that's we, we went the, in a different direction for sure. But it's um, a monster. If, if it makes you feel better, I'm uh, I, we just started design meetings. Um, and we've got two weeks of music rehearsal for it in November. But then we don't come back to do blocking or choreo till January for Jekyll and Hyde. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the music, yeah. the musical. So I don't want to um, do that. It is. It has been on my bucket list since I saw it when I was twelve. <laughs> I saw the touring production of it at twelve years old, and since then, I've a want, really wanted to play Emma, but also really wanted to direct it once I became a director. So it is just. It's been so so exciting, and I literally have. Let me show you the stack of research books. Um, for. Any kids out there who are interested in becoming a director, get ready to do a lot of research. Let's see. So here's the novel, of course. Um, then there's the five, which is the untold lives of the women killed by Jack the Ripper. So this is of the five known women of known victims. Um, the Osiris Complex, which is case studies in multiple personality disorder, now called dissociative disorders. Um, Devil in the White City, which is about H.H. Holmes. Um, same time period, different place. Yes, I get it. Um, Pickpockets, Beggars, and Rat Catchers, Life in the Victorian Underworld, um, and wow. Death, Dissection, and the Destitute, which is uh, basically a lot about um, body snatchers and just life in the Victorian underworld as well. Um, so that is current reading list for Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> so that's, uh, just, that's just the homework you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> that's right, kids. And, and I do that much research as well every time. Take my word for it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> this is, I think it's mostly because of, you know, again, this is some of the most fascinating stuff and just being able to read about, I mean, this pickpockets, beggars and rat catchers book. Um, there's an entire section dedicated to 
let's see, where is it? Oh yes, the prostitution chapter, um, where it gives you a, a breakdown of the different, the hierarchies and the categories of sex workers in Victorian London. The categories of sex workers. Yes. Uh-huh. Who knows? Well, <laughs> not every client's the same. So. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we were fortunate enough to meet Danica a couple weeks ago at the Orlando Fanboy Expo uh, show. It was a great time. Uh, Danica was like the moderator for, I guess, the majority of the Q&A panels. Is Literally right? every one of them, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty intense. Um, so Fanboy Expo usually only has the one moderator for every single Q&A. So like when I did it in Indianapolis last time, I believe, was just, uh, I mean, it was very cold, but it was also really fun. Um, and this one just happened to be back to back to back to back to back. So I had six panels Friday eight Saturday, six Sunday. And I didn't get a break to eat. <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> That's the condition life, isn't it though? Yeah. Go, 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 go. That's what uh, it's been like for us the past few we've been to. Mm-hmm. But uh, on our episode that we did uh, like last week where we talked about our experience at uh, the Orlando show, I did give you a big shout out though because <laughs> I stayed for the, um, the Ian McDermott panel. That was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> and so the you're talking about, you know, there's the strike going on and we definitely want to be respectful of that. You know, we don't want to ask about certain aspects of his career. Basically saying, hey, don't ask about Star Wars. <laughs> and the first question. Very first person. Like, hey, so what was it like being the emperor? <laughs> and you were so quick. You were like, okay, hey, let's rephrase that actually. Uh, what's it like to play a villain? Let's go with that. So, props to you. Great job. Thanks. <laughs> I've I've done a lot of improv in my day. So. Was that mm. sort of like a, a challenge for the whole weekend and all these panels that you hosted, trying to avoid those specific topics? Absolutely. And you know the the women from Little House on the Prairie were very very nervous about it. Um, to to the point that um. Karen and even Melissa too, both were saying that they were considering not doing the panel at all because they were concerned that they were going to slip up. And I believe it was, was it Karen? One of the three of them had been president of SAG at one point. So she was like, I don't, I, I can't, I can't do that. Um, So, but it was with, with every single person, you have to really, try to prepare the audience for that kind of really really tough navigation I guess it's um and it's I mean that's why people are at these Q&A's to begin with is that they want to ask about their projects that they love these people in and trying to remind them hey well you know this is a, a great opportunity to ask them about other things that they don't always get asked about over and over and over again that they're probably sick of answering anyway so maybe let's ask about their acting process we can ask about what was it like to work with certain people they're not going to tell you about like when they were on set maybe but you know they can tell you what kind of person they are or you know what's the best piece of advice that you've ever received as an actor that kind of thing that's you know i 
I found it a really interesting challenge, to be honest. Yeah. Well, I thought you navigated it very well. Um, <laughs> and I can't imagine for for the actors when you are known for, you know, a specific thing or a couple of specific things your entire career. And literally that's all you're talking about and all you're asked about the reason you're there. I can't imagine having to then, you know, like you said, navigate around that without talking about it. So yeah, I mean, uh, there were, there were certainly people that uh, either they just didn't care or, they weren't really clear about the rules themselves. So like Warwick Davis was just kind of dropping <laughs> the names of his projects here and there. And I was like, I mean, listen, that's, that's your prerogative, dude. <laughs> so kind of to each their own, I guess. So do you get to come up with the questions? Yes. Uh, which is very fun. Unless um, I will say having hosted a panel for Carrie Elwes and, um, uh, and Chris um, from Princess Bride, Carrie is very particular and he will have his agent or his handler give you a list of questions that you should ask him. Uh, and granted, they are the same questions every single time. So I can't imagine how incredibly frustrating that is for Chris. <laughs> but um it's that is one of the only times that is yeah i really don't have a lot of freedom is like when somebody is like well you have to ask them about this that or the other thing beyond right. that you can kind of you can kind of just do whatever <laughs> so we we didn't actually talk about you know who you are danica and what <laughs> you but we should say that uh danica here is an artist she's a moderator uh she's uh a podcast host or it's a youtube show host uh, which we're going to talk about and you know super uh interesting for tyler and i she's also a theater person which seems like everybody is nowadays which is a great thing but she is the assistant director of performance at north carolina state university is this correct correct um and wolf pack yeah go wolf pack um what's fascinating about our theater here is that we actually don't have a theater major um we offer a minor but no major so anybody and everybody can take theater classes um we don't offer a, a wide variety of them at the moment but we also do offer like master classes and things like that but anybody who is a student at any level undergraduate through phd whatever uh can be part of the productions in any capacity so if you're like, hey, I've I've never stage managed, but that sounds interesting. Come on over. If if you've never acted before, but you're like, I'm going to give it a shot. Sure. Come on over. So, I mean, we, we of course, we do hold auditions, but the, any single person at all on campus from any major can come and be a part of our production team. So and I've I've come from of background that I was working at and going to really, really intensive theater programs at other universities. And I have not seen the kind of dedication there that I have here. And these are from people that are just volunteering. They're just, they're just here because they want to do it. <laughs> so it is, is a very, very unique program. And I'm, I'm super, super proud to be part of something that is just so different and, Clearly, it's a place that 
you know, people just want to be here and hang out and make this community even better because it's that's really what it's all about for us. Theater folks are some of the most passionate people that there are, mm -hmm. uh, at least in my experience. Mm -hmm. So it, it seems like that's going to be the case everywhere. Like people who sort of find that home in the theater or in the, the theater community, they sort of latch on. And we always say, you know, you get bitten by the bug mm -hmm. and they get that bug bite and then they're in for life. Oh yeah. I mean, it worked for me. I, I started when I was, God, uh, well, technically I started dance class when I was like three, but I didn't start doing acting until I was like eight. <laughs> it was like, and then I was doing it professionally by age 12 and then was, did that until I got to college. And then I was like, mm, what else? And then kind of fell into directing and have been doing that ever since. But like a little bit of acting here and there, a little bit too. So you said professionally. What all have you done professionally? <laughs> this is the funny part. Um, so the very first show that I ever like got paid for as a musical theater performer was Babes in Arms. And like I said, I think I was 12, maybe 13 at the very oldest. But opening night of that show, talk about an amazing theater fail. Um, which I, I love talking theater fails. They're one of my favorite things. Um, opening night of that show, um, we were coming down the stairs from the dressing room, heading into the venue, and I didn't see the last step, and my foot caught on the last step, and I was like, crap, I sprained my ankle or something, iced it, did like Tylenol, whatever, and then I'm in babes in arms, so I'm going up and down a ladder, I am dancing all around the audience, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, did two shows on it like that. And then the next Monday, no, three shows on it like that. And then the following Monday, my mom took me to the doctor and they're like, hey, um, you broke your growth plate in half, like clean in half. Um, so we should probably get a cast on that. And I was like, cool, bandage me up. And I did six more shows on it like that. <laughs> um, so that was my first time getting paid. <laughs> um and then uh, for a while, actually, um, my best friend, Kid Cadet, and I, we used to do live performances for Radio Disney concerts. Wow. So that was a thing. <laughs> Working with the mouse. <laughs> so it was, I mean, like, all over South Florida, we would go to, like, God, I, I specifically remember the one at Miami Zoo because I remember making fun of the flamingos, um, <laughs> of all things. Um, but yeah, they would just like call us out to, to different, like open air venues and, and festivals and stuff like that to do like teen performance things. Well, I remember Radio Disney. Yeah, that was, it sure did happen. <laughs> well, let's talk about your show. You, you've mentioned Kid Cadet. Uh, I want to make sure that I pronounce the show correctly. Talk old, talk culture yeah talk culture tell us about that you just say it fast yeah you just say it fast so it's like talk culture. talk culture um so that was born in the pandemic um we actually began as basically a, a branch of galaxy con which we both work for as well doing moderating for them um and we're like well there's a a pretty bad pandemic happening so clearly conventions are not a thing so how do we keep 
in this kind of world. So we decided to do live streaming. And initially it was called Rock Around the Ring um, because originally we only had like musicians and wrestlers. So, and then we're like, well, but you know, we also have friends that are actors that we want to be on the show and blah, blah. So eventually we, we launched our own and got out from under GalaxyCon and it just became top culture on its own. And so now it's uh, Twitch, YouTube, Instagram, whatever other platforms you can find it on. Um, it's, they're all out there. We've got, you know, we've been doing talk culture itself on its own since November of 2020. So, and it's, it, for a while we were doing two of them a week and it was lots and lots and lots and lots of different kinds of celebrities, um, yeah. actors, musicians, um, all kinds of weird folks. Mario Andretti <laughs> like, kind of runs the <laughs> gamut of like the, the kinds of folks that we've gotten to talk to and, you know, we we basically format it like an interview show, and then at the end of it, we play Would You Rather, and we tailor each game to each individual person that we have on the show, um, and then sometimes we'll do a, a very different version uh, or like a very different um, game. So like with uh, Dave Batista and Mick Foley, we decided to do um, a Step Brothers the movie trivia off. So um, because they are both really big fans of that movie. And so they got really aggressive about it, really competitive. Got to look this one up. It's hysterical. It's hysterical. It, um, was there a question about the Catalina wine mixer? In of there? course. Okay. Yeah, of course. Good, good. <laughs> I guess yeah, you, three years why, ago. <laughs> on there. I mean, I've, the, one of the first ones that I noticed was Corey Taylor. So that's well, he's pretty. he's been on a few times. Uh, we actually... Here, fun crossover theater-wise, Corey Taylor is a huge Lemez fan. Wow. He, he loves, he is obsessed with Lemez. He can literally tell you the names of every single person who has ever played um, Valjean on Broadway. Every name. Because he really wants to play Valjean. <laughs> I think he could definitely do it. I think we yes, need he to hear could. Slipknot Les Mis covers. Yes. Um, and we actually, uh, if you check out, I don't remember which one of the episodes we had him on. He did this, but we did have him sing part of it with us. <laughs> so we get to sing Les Mis with Corey Taylor, which is pretty special. That's amazing. <laughs> wow. There are metalheads and, and rock and rollers who would typically make fun of music theater people who oh, would, would say you were lying. When you, if you were to say, hey, Corey Taylor loves Les Mis. Yeah, like, nah. look it up. Nah. Look up the show. <laughs> I mean, you know, and then you think of like Sebastian Bach, who you all saw at Fanboy. Yeah. Who played Jekyll and Hyde, who played Jesus Christ in Jesus Christ Superstar. Like, this is this is not unusual territory. These people are phenomenal musicians and singers. So it is not a very hard leap. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, acting-wise well, is different, but... Especially when you think about Corey Taylor as, you know, the frontman of Slipknot, those two things, you know, sort of, they don't really seem to go together, but I know he would be great in that role. He I would. would. He would be excellent. Yeah. Well, now, would... now we need someone to write a Slipknot jukebox musical. 
Oh, All the music different. is Slipknot music. That's different. <laughs> it could happen. So who are some of the favorite guests that you've had, favorite interviews that you've done on the show? Hmm. Or panels that you've moderated? Oh, gosh. Um, okay, so let me, let me start with panels. Um, I love, again, crossover with, with theater stuff. I have to go with my theater folks first. Barry Bostwick from Rocky oh. Horror Picture Show. He has hit on me in every single panel I've done for him multiple times. And I'm I'm not mad about it. <laughs> um, and uh, Nell, the, the woman who played Columbia, the first time I met her, she asked to borrow my lipstick. And I was like, oh, my God, take it. <laughs> Which was phenomenal. Um, I'll never get over that. Um, let's see. Oh, uh, Barry Lowen and um, Doreen Kingy, who play various characters on Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Um, so Barry is anytime you don't see Pedro Pascal, anytime you just see the guy in the Mandalorian suit, you're seeing Barry Lowen. Um, and he's an incredible stunt man as well. Um, he also used to be in Cirque. He was, uh, I, what's the name of the, he's like the lead, uh, Joker? The ringmaster. No, he was like Joker or something like the, I don't remember what the name of that character was called. Um, but he was in Cirque. Um, and Dorian Kingy is Lindsay Wagner's son, the bionic woman. <laughs> um, so they were actually at tables next to each other, which was adorable. Um, and his dad is, I don't remember his first name, but somebody else, Kingy, John Kingy, um, who is also a Hollywood stuntman. So Dorian is, he's a stuntman. He is Cad Bane. Um, yeah. Uh, anytime you see Cad Bane, that's Dorian. And you hear his voice, that's still Dorian. Um, he was in Knoxville this past summer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, he's, they're lovely and really fun. Um, uh, Frank Welker and Peter Cullen from the Transformers. Um, uh, they were the cutest, oldest men, <laughs> which was so delightful. John Reese Davies, way up there, way up there. Oh my god i we got so many pictures together just at his booth of just like <laughs> i saw that one being nerds together was just so much fun um he also i mean he also he recited shakespeare during the panel like how how do i not fall in love with the man <laughs> like, <sighs> anyone who's as dorky as i am <laughs> did you did you tell him about like being a teacher mm -hmm. I because did. Yeah. when i met him he asked me what do i do and i told him and he was just so uh like appreciative of that he he just thought that was so great and he uh i remember uh he just went on and on like he didn't have to take the time to talk about that with me but he did yeah so exactly like the, i mean Ian McDermott's the same way that, you know, if, if you get him going, talking about theater, he is never going to shut up. It's awesome. <laughs> he told a lot of great theater stories uh, in, in the panel. Yeah, he did. A couple yeah, weeks so, ago. Yeah, I always, I always just go back to those people. Um, Kevin McNally, who was actually both on our show and um, I did a panel or no, I didn't do his panel because he didn't do a panel, but I hung out with him at the other galaxy or no, at last fanboy. Um he is a phenomenal Shakespearean actor as well, 
but not many people know that because they just know him as Gibbs from Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> uh, he was yeah. in Knoxville last this last summer. Awesome. You were there. You were there. I think you were there. Not this past one. The last the one. one. The one that he was at in Knoxville. Fanboy Expo Knoxville. Was of that Knoxville? 20... I thought that was the Indianapolis one. He did both. That it would have been that one. Oh well, in the Knoxville one, there's this really awesome uh, Wild Bill's soda thing that sets up, and it's like all these craft sodas. And I'm just standing there waiting on a refill, and this gentleman to my left asks me what I suggest he get, and I look to my left, and it's Kevin. I was <laughs> like, uh, I was like, well, I've been rolling on this cream soda and grape soda combo all weekend. It's really good, and he tried it, and then I walked past his booth later, and he's like, I got it. It's good. I was like, oh, thank you. You're welcome. Um, he's he was just he was just a delightful guy, and I actually had him sign a Supernatural picture because oh, right. he's in a few episodes yeah. of Supernatural, and I'm yeah, like, huge supernatural fan um i was like everybody here is probably asking you for gibbs but i want that picture signed from supernatural and he went really oh wait yes yes please that's great and yeah i love i love talking to anybody who's got like a a theater background because i mean it's it's my whole life basically (laughs) i wish that we had been able to like go to dinner or something with you so we could talk theater because i would so many questions because I feel like there's a ton of advice that you could probably give me as I'm trying to build my own uh, program. I we, we can we could still technically do that. We, we're yeah, do that. that's still going to happen. Okay, uh, but anyway, back to what we're talking about. Have you ever just been completely like starstruck? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, so, how can you not? Um, I'm usually very very cool about it like very cool to the point that i was i was somehow i was kind of starstruck by lavar burton because he's my hero um but somehow i managed to retain my cool long enough that um barry and i were walking back to the green room after our panel and lavar is like walking with us and he starts saying like oh uh my agent or somebody got me this bottle of bourbon because he knows I love bourbon but I didn't check a bag so I can't bring it home with me do you want to just like open it up in the green room and we'll just like deal with it so it was me Barry Boswick Steve Whitmire from the Muppets um uh the guy who plays Mr. McFeely from Rogers Mr. Rogers um and an agent just sitting around in the green room at Galaxy Con drinking LeVar Burton's bourbon. I was like, this is not real. This is not real. Something's wrong with the universe. <laughs> it was very wow. um, but even still, I was just like, oh gosh, thank you. It's so lovely to meet you. And I, I was so proud of myself for being so chill. But the one time that really, really got me. Um, was backstage at the GalaxyCon Raleigh here just in end of July. Mm. Um, my so my best friend Kid Cadet was doing the the Q and A panel for um, Vampire Diaries. So it was Steve, Zach, and um, Ian Summerholder, and everybody's just kind of backstage hanging out. And 
Ian Summerholder walks straight over to me. I'm just like hanging out, just not talking to anybody and just like waiting for the panel to be over so that Heather and I can go get lunch. And Ian walks straight over to me and goes, hi, what's your name? Stuck at his hand to shake my hand. I know I stuck my hand out. I'm pretty sure I shook his hand. <laughs> and I legitimately forgot my name. I I uh. could not speak. Um, I'm not sure if I ever actually said anything to him. But that was the only time in my life that I've ever been like, oh my God. And I think part of it is because he's just too good looking. I think that might be it. That is just like, there is this Adonis asking my name out of nowhere. Who even am I? <laughs> I'm well prepared to say it's whatever you want it to be, sir. <laughs> At that point, I was just like, it's. <laughs> well, I think uh, I totally uh, Joanna from Fanboy Expo said that the only time she's ever been starstruck was with Matthew McDermott. Oh. From, yeah, she was like, then he just said yeah. hi to me, and I went, uh. Well, she also said she was pretty starstruck over the Tiger King guys, too. Yeah, she did. <laughs> and they were lovely. So They were lovely. They were lovely. <laughs> oh, they were fantastic. So... Oh, sorry. I do have to also say the other favorite people that I've ever had on Talk Culture, Jonah Ray. Huge shout out to Jonah Ray. He is just the most lovely human being. So you probably recognize him from... Mystery Science Theater 3000. Um, he's like the newest host, uh, writer, everything. The man is absolutely hysterical, but he also is an encyclopedic knowledge of punk music. Oh, really? It's incredible. And he he knows everyone and everything, and he has beautiful taste. <laughs> um, he also has his own, get this, Weird Al punk cover band. Uh huh. Okay, exactly so you do thing. you do Weird Al songs in oh. the vein of punk, mm-hmm. and it's shockingly good. <laughs> Does he have like? Is he like friends with Weird Al? Is he like on iTunes and stuff? Yes. Um. Hold okay. on. I'll have to, oh my god! It's, it's okay. Hysterical. It's so good. It's so good. Um. But he's been on our show so many times. Um. Uh, I'm trying to imagine a punk version of Amish you look it up (laughs) he does a lot of them and they're really good (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna find one of them and play uh play one of them as a transition in this this oh my god yes Jacob plows for an Thirty and Nerdy Podcast is brought to you by Tennessee Legend Distillery, where legends are made. Here, we won't herd you like a bunch of old cattle, leaving you feeling dazed and crazed and in a smoky haze. 
here. We aren't just another moonshine sip and stop in the volunteer state. We are much more. At Tennessee Legend Distillery, we will show you that billboards don't make you a legend. And here, you aren't just another sale and a printed receipt. Here, you are the legend. Come be a part of the legend by visiting one of our four locations located across the state of Tennessee. Whether you're visiting the small local town of Cookville, boot scooting in the music city of Nashville, or relaxing in the beautiful Smoky Mountains of Sevierville, Tennessee Legend Distillery will have you saying, make mine a legend, no matter what you sip on. Stop in and try any of our multi-award winning spirits like our King Snake Bourbon Whiskey, our 120 proof White Corn Hammershine, or our number one seller, our Salted Caramel Whiskey. Not only will you become a part of the legend, but you will also become part of our secret creed of spirits. That's right, Tennessee Legend Distillery is the only place you'll be able to find the exclusive Assassin's Creed Spirit Collection. We have the AC-15 four-year-old bourbon whiskey celebrating 15 years of Altair, Ezio, and all of the other Assassin's Creed characters. Next up, we have our Valhalla Vodka, a smooth, 80-proof, tasteless spirit that will keep you going on any cold or hot Midgard night. Last, but certainly not least, take to the high seas with our brand new Black Flag Spiced Rum, a spirit that would make Edward Kenway join our crew. These legendary exclusive spirits can only be found here, with more on the way. Brought to you by Ubisoft, Anthem Spirits, and Tennessee Legend Distillery. For more information, check out our TennesseeLegend.com or follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Live in another state? No worries. Go to kegandbottle.com. That's K-E-G-N-B-O-T-T-L-E, kegandbottle.com, and search Tennessee Legend Distillery. They'll deliver it right to your door. Mention 30 and Nerdy Podcasts while checking out in any one of our locations across Tennessee and receive a free shot glass. What are you waiting for? Come walk among legends at Tennessee Legend Distillery. Cheers to you, nerds. What's up, guys? This is Logan, better known as the Rev of Rents on yours truly, 30 and Nerdy Podcast. Exciting news coming to you because your boy now owns a business, and that business is Shane's Rib Shack in Georgia, McDonough, Highway 81, and we've got some delicious food. we got ribs. we got wings. We've got tendies. We've got boneless. We've got everything you want. You like burgers? we got that, too. And I would be very appreciative if you showed me the love that you showed me here, right here, at 30 Nerdy Podcast, and go and find me in Georgia and eat some of that Shane Shack food. And if you do, always tell them that 30 and Nerdy sent you. And I promise, my word right here, you mention 30 and Nerdy, you get the free sweet tea. That's on me. And that's a promise, because the reverence never breaks the promise. Rolling out, no worries, no cares When the car came out of nowhere That's when my whole world changed Pills for the pain, medical bills insane I was down, I was out, but I wasn't quite done Call 546-1111 You're in pain, yeah, we got you You can't pay, yeah, we got you too Boom, turn your wreck into a check The ones for you now, call OEB Law Boom, turn your wreck into a check We got your back now, call OEB Law 
But if I finish all of my chores and you finish thine Then tonight we're gonna party like it's 
Uh, so GalaxyCon, how did you how did you get connected with GalaxyCon? How did that whole thing start? Entirely because uh, the same reason I got into Fanboy Expo is Kid Cadet. Okay. Um, she she's been with GalaxyCon for I want to say like at least ten years. She's been with them for a long, long time. Um, she does a whole bunch of other um, Comic Con. So she does uh, Fanax. She does um, Spooky Empire. She does. Uh, all the galaxy cons um she does a, a whole bunch of them and at one point she knew that she was going to get asked to to do multiple things and that galaxy was looking for another person for another moderator um because uh broder the guy that runs galaxy con is really good at firing people um which to be fair uh he has every reason to most of the time um, because some people are just not cut out for dealing with that type of situation um, by which I mean just being around celebrities somehow like makes people insane yeah. um, it's, they're people they are people they are normal people that some people recognize <laughs> like that's all it is but uh yeah she she brought me in um and I, I interviewed with them my first live one with them was 2019 in louisville mm. i think louisville and then and then richmond and then pandemic <laughs> yep and then um fanboy she she and milo who also usually does fanboy um got called to do galaxy con somewhere else the same weekend so they were like well danica can do it so i just i talked to dave and he was like yeah let's do it <laughs> uh i was real jealous of kid cadet uh, at the last knoxville show because she got to introduce kevin smith for his little uh after after show uh, deal and i'm a huge kevin Very smith cool. oh yeah big time big big time I haven't was, I haven't actually met him yet. I did a panel for for Jay Muse and for Brian O'Halloran um back I think that may have been the, the yeah. Richmond show. And then I did I did karaoke with Brian afterwards. That was really fun. What's Brian like? <laughs> He's amazing. He's an absolute sweetheart and he seems like funny as hell. He just he is so so quick. Um and even during our panel, um, I will say uh, Shannon Elizabeth was also on that panel and the woman is a wet blanket and she was no fun at all. But um, Jay and Brian were having the time of their lives because they have the live teleprompter or the live um, captioning so that it translates or tries to translate everything that is being said through the microphones onto text on the screen for hearing impaired folks. But it doesn't do an awesome job so when they discovered that they were just riffing on each other for like half an hour it was it was one of the funniest panels i've ever done <laughs> do you know ahead of time like all the people that you're going to moderate for or do you just show up and it's like okay here's the list yeah so with GalaxyCon, because they have more than one panelist or, or more than one moderator um they usually split them up and are like, all right, you get this one, this one, this one, this one. And then other people have, we have like different rotations um, because they're happening in multiple rooms at the same time. 
but with fanboy it's one person gets everybody so i just get here's the schedule of who's this day this day this day this is their times um and all i need to do is basically introduce them get the ball rolling for the q a and watch the clock and be prepared to wrap things up do you ever do any sort of like research ahead of time about the person going in so much yeah so much oh yeah i've i've got at least a page for each person that i ever that i ever moderate for because you have to be prepared for anything that they're going to want to talk about and you know i can't always say that i've you know i've certainly not seen everything that every person has ever been in because that i wouldn't have a life outside of it but you know i can i can speak to oh well it isn't it so cool that um Let's say uh, that John Reese Davies was actually born in Africa and spent a lot of time there and then is Welsh by nationality. And then he developed the accent over time, but he's from Tunisia. Mm -hmm. That's fascinating. Yeah. I can talk to the fact that... um, I could ask Jonah Ray, what's the punk scene like in Hawaii where you grew up? (laughs) Like all these, like there's so many weird things that you get to learn about people ahead of time. And they really appreciate that, that level of understanding because I I love seeing that, that look on people's faces when they go, how do you know about that? It's like, well, cause I, I followed you on social media and I went back through all of your history (laughs) And then I dove into the different companies that you were with, or like, you know, a lot of deep dives. Well, and those are the questions that they're probably more apt to to answer in depth because they don't get those every single con Mm -hmm. that they go to. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Tyler, do you want to uh, go to the rapid fire? Uh, Yes, absolutely. Gasp. Now we say rapid fire, but we're not gonna, you know, crucify you if you take a second or two. So don't worry. It's very heavily timed. Okay, I'm ready. Go. <laughs> Marvel or DC? Marvel. Favorite hero. In terms of any like hero from hero? anything, any good guy or girl. Good guy. Lavar Burton. Any who? Lavar Burton. <laughs> okay. That works. Favorite villain. Mm, oh shit that one's tougher um uh aaron from titus andronicus very nice wow obscure shakespeare reference wow like have you ever done that show no bucket list have you ever seen that show oh my god i've i've only seen it 50 times i also literally today in my intro to theater class um, because hold on, it is right here. I have to show you. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This is incredible. Hold on. There is a still shot of Jessica Lang as Tamara in oh, uh... Julie Tamor's film version of Titus Andronicus that I literally had to talk about in class today because I was like, yeah. everyone needs to see this. It is the best interpretation of any Shakespeare, hands down, fight me. Listen, you got to watch the Ian McKellen live special 
that he did. It was like his one man show. You can see it on the national theater streaming thing, but he's his whole second act is all Shakespeare. And he challenges the audience to name all of the 37 plays. And so each time one's name, he picks it up out of his own collection. It's like his personal copies. And he will either like tell an anecdote about it. He will recite something from it or tell a story like this was what happened when I did this part one time. Um, but he makes all sorts of jokes about Titus Andronicus. So that's why I said that. So, but you got to check that out. You would love it. I know you'd appreciate yes. that. Maybe that I'll was my answer. He's my new hero. He's he's amazing. Ian McKellen. <laughs> yeah. And I'm speaking of Starstruck, I won't go into the whole story right now, but like I met him uh outside of uh he was doing a show with uh, Sir Patrick Stewart and I stayed out there and, and waited for him. I have a tattoo of Gandalf on my leg, yelled at him, please come see my tattoo or whatever. He came over, we talked. I was completely starstruck. I was like weeping when we were done talking. <laughs> please tell me anyway. it was it was when they were doing waiting for Godot. It was. And they were <laughs> they were incredible, obviously. Of course. I saw clips for that. Sorry. Okay, next, go. <laughs> uh, so rapid fire. Um, if you could choose one superpower, what would it be? Flying. Uh, your favorite role you've ever played on stage. Charles Gateau in Assassins. Oh, you've played Charles. That was uh completely by accident. Um I directed it. And then okay. a week before we opened, my guiteau dropped out. And I went, fuck, I can do it. <laughs> so I learned, li literally, I learned all the lines in two days. I already knew most of the songs. I just had to learn the harmonies. Um, yeah. Holy crap. Yes. Oh, that is by far my favorite. <laughs> do you have a dream role? Emma and Jekyll and Hyde. Last one. What are you obsessed with right now? Jekyll and Hyde? <laughs> <laughs> as uh noted by your stack of reading material of homework one yeah. more time one more time wow incredible Lord. i admire your dedication i'm not that dedicated but i <laughs> admire it and i respect it we uh we're doing uh matilda right now and i just got cast as trunchbull um, but uh, Charles Cato is is on one of my lists. Of oh, really? Dream roles to play. Oh, I'd yeah. play any assassin. Oh yeah. But I will say, um, that uh, the gun song, their their four part harmony, he gets real lucky. His is the easy one. Oh good. And all <laughs> you have to do is move your little finger, move your little finger, and. You when did you do it? Around. When? When did? When? Uh, not wait. Year was that? Was two years ago? Two years ago. Twenty hmm. one. <laughs> so it can be done. What's that? There's a. There's yeah. a bunch of us that want to do it in the area and all the community theaters are like, oh, no, you can't do it right now. There's so much political turmoil. You can't start a song with, hey, you want to kill a president? I'm we like, have to ah. be very censored in this area. Um, I I will say, um, so we thought, oh, I say we, I uh, thought a lot about the implications of doing that show. Um there's, there's a whole lot of really hard conversations you have to have about it. 
Um, but two really cool ways that we got kind of around all of it was, I mean, it's, the story is not about murder. It is about these individuals. That's why it's a concept musical. That's why it's Sondheim is that it's about these people and the decisions they made and why they made these decisions, which is why I also, I cast it gender and color consciously. So I had, originally I did have a female Gateau. I had a female Cholgach. I had a female Bic. I had a female proprietor. Um, And then I had a black booth. And uh, my proprietor was also Latina. And so I, it was really, really specifically cast because of that. Um, But two really cool things that we did was um, anytime there needed to be a, uh, a firearm pop sound, we did it because, you know, it's, it's set kind of in a carnival type of thing. We had a balloon wall and anytime there needed to be a pop, the proprietor popped a balloon. Smart. Love it. It was shockingly terrifying um, because even when you saw her standing there ready to do it, you were still watching the action. So anytime she popped it, you were like, oh my God, that's right. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, we also, our firearm props were white two-dimensional cutouts of like CNC cutouts of okay. every really specific version of those firearms. So they, they literally, they were flat pieces of white. Yeah. Which they stood out really well because, I mean, you can look up um, pictures of the set and like uh, the set and the costuming were super saturate colors and lots of red, white, and blue because it's very on the nose. And those white firearms stood out beautifully. It was, it was pretty scary, actually. Damn, that's cool. Yeah. What part of North Carolina are are you in? I'm in Raleigh. Okay, because we got to come see a show. Right. Jekyll and Hyde opens in mid-February. Oh, we could do that. When's Clue? Uh, January? Uh, it'll perform in March. No. Really? Like late February, early March. That's when 39 Steps was. And that's going to be the okay. same time. So, it's a weird time of year to do Clue. Yeah. <laughs> they wanted to kick off the season with a play, not a musical. And they love, they haven't done Clue yet. Okay. So, we're doing. I'm just going to say it. They're the, we're doing Clue. Uh, Charlotte's Web for Littles, <laughs> uh, Godspell, uh, Finding Nemo Jr., oh, uh, uh, something rotten. Uh, I know. I want to. I want to play either the Bottom Brothers. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I forgot the name of that that character, but the the woman that sings um. If you ever uh, got in trouble, I would be there on the double. Just be your right hand man. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh my god, I love that part. I kind of want to play Shakespeare, but I don't really dance. I actually, I'm I'm friends with uh, one of the guys that was on the national tour of that show. 
and he got to to step in for Shakespeare a couple of times. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. It's a there's some notes that are. Yeah, that worries me too. I'm a baritone, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about it. And then after that, Elf, which you know, I'm a I'm a Halloween guy. I I don't love the whole Christmas, you know. I mean, can you tell by the the shows that I've directed what style of director I am and the kinds of shows I like to do? <laughs> I love. Have you? Have you? Let me tell you. Uh, if you haven't read it or if you haven't done it, I think you would thoroughly enjoy doing the play. Wait until dark. Oh my god, I know that very well. I haven't I, done it, but I actually I, got, uh, I give it to my students to use the monologues from it all the time. I got to do it a few years ago. I got to play Mike Tallman. Oh. Uh, the guy who played Rote was so good. Oh. He's so good at what he does that every time rehearsal, I'd go, you're going to have to like reintroduce yourself, like turn it off. Because we've been friends for almost 20 years. And I'm like, oh, stop, stop. <laughs> this awesome. guy we're talking about, he worked on um, Evil Dead, which was filmed here where we live uh, here in Morristown, Tennessee. Oh, they filmed God. it like, Literally from where I'm sitting right now, like if you make a beeline, it's like three miles from where I'm at right now. That's so but cool. That's where the cabin was. And so this guy he's talking about, he got to work with Sam Raimi and oh, like do some of the technical stuff. Yeah. You know. He's okay. in the it's credits as a uh, shimp. <laughs> yeah. As a shimp. A, a or fake shimp is what they called him. I've had this crazy idea. If we could get permission from the people who own the property now, I think we should do a production of Evil Dead the musical in the spot where they film the movie, Obviously. and like make it a one night thing, and like invite Sam Raimi and and all those guys to come, and like it would be a big deal. Like there'd be yes. tons of coverage of that. Use gallons um, of also, blood. I was yeah. gonna say you need to give out ponchos. Yeah. And you need to have like a splatter zone because yep. that show needs a lot of blood because it is just fun. like a Guar concert. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yep. Oh my god! <laughs> I actually funny, 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 funny version. Um, one of the best live versions I've ever seen of Titus. I've seen two very, very different versions. So, one was a friend of mine directed it at the Rose in London. Um, and he did like a 90 minute abridged version. Nice. And at one point it, it was a lot of like movement based stuff and like improv, like contact improv stuff. Um, and at one point when, when Titus spoiler alert, that's his own handoff. Um, he, the way he did it is he dipped his hand backwards and forwards into a pan of blue paint. And then he had it like drain up his arm. It was magical somehow. But uh, the other best version of that show I've ever seen, and maybe someday I will do this, was basically the melodramatic farcical version of it, where it was uh, like, it was way too funny. Like and Guiding Light? Ponchos. They did spray blood into the audience. It was hysterical. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would love to do that version. <laughs> So I've asked you like dream roles, like are there any shows where you're just like they're 
I, I will stay alive as long as possible. I cannot die before I've done them. No matter what the part is, just, just to be in them. To be in it? Wow. Um, I mean, Emma and Jekyll and Hyde is still one <laughs> that like, I can't get that out of my head ever. Um, I've also, I'd, I'd be pretty happy to play um, Joanna and Rent. Um, um, I have nightmares about Rent sometimes. This asshole got to play Roger and Rent, and all he does years later is, oh, God, that was, ugh, yeah, ugh. well, that was and I'm sitting here going, like, part for me, <laughs> but I did it. I'm, I'm like, I'd die to be in Rent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, once I get a little older, probably Tamara in Titus. Mm. Um, I think. Um, oh man. I mean, there's there's so many. There's so many. Um, ooh, there's a version of Faust, which is um by. Uh, Colin Teban, who's an Irish playwright, mm -hmm. and he does a version of it that is bookended with the original Marlowe text. So the first scene and the last scene are all original Chris Marlowe text, but the entire middle of it takes place in present day Vegas, and he is now a Vegas illusionist. Um, and so most of it takes place backstage, but the role that I want to play is Mephistopheles. Because she is now a woman. Yeah. Okay. And it's so brilliant. It is. Oh my god. She's she's horrible and manipulative. I just I want to play a villain. <laughs> well, Villains the have the most fun. Yeah, that's why I want to play Tamara because she's the actual worst. <laughs> I mean, they are the best to yeah. play. Yeah. yeah, totally. Oh man, I'm sure. I'm sure. If I thought about it, I could name fifteen more. You um, should also check out. Uh, Clive Barker's History of the Devil. Ooh. It's mm -hmm. actually set up like a court scene, like a courtroom. He's appealing. The devil finds a lawyer and he's trying to appeal the judgment that was laid on him, basically saying, like, look, look how long it's been. Was I did I really deserve this? Did I really deserve all this? And he's like going through moments of time. So like you can double, triple cast, or you can it's tons of roles for many people or you can it's uh we did it as a one weekend event at horror con in knoxville Ooh. and uh it was fun i played like four or five different roles um but i mean our devil wasn't the strongest but he did all right um yeah it's 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 an interesting and plus it's it's clive barker so Ooh. I can't believe it another one yeah looks really good it is good i think you i think you'd enjoy it <laughs> could you give advice to young actors like what's the best one piece of advice that you ever got when you were a young actor or something like that man uh, yeah. it's it's usually the same response that you know i i asked that of you know all these celebrity actors and things too and they all have the same response which is don't <laughs> so 
I asked Ian McDermott the other day, and I don't think he fully understand the question. He was like, well, you just really have to feel it in your heart. You should ask yourself, <laughs> do I really want to act? And if you feel it in your heart, you should. I was like, okay, thank you, sir. That's, that's <laughs> valid. That's valid. <laughs> um, uh, so I would say probably, you know, it is it is a trainable skill like anything else, if you, if you want to get better at it, or even if you think you are already very good at it, work harder. You have to really, really love this job. You have to love acting because it is just a, a barrage of no, it is a barrage of rejection. It is, it is a barrage of competition. So just you really, really got to love it. You got to really want to do it every single day. I mean, there are plenty of people that I, um, friends, coworkers, colleagues that have been doing this for so many years and so many of them still have, you know, their daily grind jobs that that's how they can afford to still do theater because, you know, one in a hundred thousand of us might get lucky enough to actually make a living acting and those are the odds are really stacked against you so i mean you you should never go into it thinking i'm gonna be famous i'm gonna be a celebrity i'm gonna be on tv i'm gonna be in film like the best that you should always shoot for is i'm gonna make a living (laughs) and if you can somehow manage to eke that out you're doing very well (laughs) So it is not for the faint of heart. That's just the perfect example of that old cliche about when you're doing what you love, you'll never work a day in your life or whatever. Like you're in it with that mindset, then the money doesn't really matter. Like as long as you go. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I was, I was a gigging director for, you know, the first 15 years of my career. And I was, I was gigging all over the country, but I was also working as a scenic carpenter. Like that's how I made a living in Chicago is I was working storefront theaters, but I was also working as like an overhire carpenter. So uh, useful skills, like work in a scene shop, be a props person, do costuming. I worked for Tennessee Shakespeare being a costume builder. Like these are, these are valuable skills that I was able to still be part of that, the theater community and work on productions. Well, not necessarily like, doing the thing but i was still in the in the thing <laughs> like right. yeah thank you so much danica for taking the time to uh sit down and just talk with us about multiple facets of the different businesses that uh we all three enjoy um we will definitely have you back on we really hope to cross paths with you again at a con of any any location where we're we have in the last few years dipped our toes in working them as this podcast, as this entity, but we are already like, okay, this is, this is fun. We can, yeah. let's work this. Let's, let's find others to, to I go can. do this. Cause, cause you know, it's like I said, it's an exhausting weekend. You don't eat as much as you probably should, but God, is it just the time? It's just the yeah. time of your life. It's just Absolutely. fantastic. Thank uh, you guys so much for having me. This is such a blast and I am happy to be back anytime. Come visit me in Raleigh. We'll we'll do weird nerdy shit here. It's yeah. Cool. <laughs> Absolutely. Come see Jack and Hyde. <laughs> That's we're gonna figure that out. I think. We're really gonna figure that out. 
Absolutely. Or we can go, we can go hang out in New York City together and go watch cool shows. Let's do that too. Mm-hmm. I love Broadway. Hey, I'm dying. Like I would probably sell like half of my pop collection to go and see Josh Groban and Sweeney Todd. I've heard nothing but excellent things. I it's one of the only ones I haven't seen so far. Because I, I just to. went a couple weeks ago, I just went with King Cadet. We saw Shucked. We saw Drunk Shakespeare, which I love going every time I'm there. Um, I did Sleep No More, and I hadn't done Sleep No More in 12 years, which if you've not if you've not done it, everyone needs to do Sleep No More at least once in their lives. Um, we saw Shucked, we saw The Shark is Broken. We saw Back to the Future. Do not recommend. Uh, oh. We saw Once Upon a One More Time. Can't recommend anymore because they just closed. Um, yeah. Have you done Anne Juliet yet? No. I want to see that. Oh, okay. It's not. It's does not pique my interest. <laughs> really? Nope. Shucked is gonna. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Shucked. Everyone needs to see Shucked. Okay. Mm-hmm. um and fun fun also weird side note um the only time i ever saw beetlejuice was with steve gonzalez from ghost hunters um yes. because he's obsessed and when i say obsessed um when we saw it july of last year that was his 16th time seeing it and uh before it closed in january he had seen it 27 times Wow. Well, when you yes. have ghost hunters money, you can go yeah. 27 times. Yeah. But he also, he never worked up the courage to meet Alex Brightman, and it drives me insane. Really? It's like, Steve, you are in your own right probably a bigger celebrity than he is. <laughs> like, it is fine. Probably. He actually did a, a commercial spot with um, Kelly and with, um, I think it was with, um, Rob McClure, I think. I think he was with Kelly and Rob. And so he met them. He's friends with them. It was like, just ask them to introduce you backstage. You're right there. Such a chicken shit. <laughs> it's very- That's probably one of those things where Alex Brightman would be like, of course I know who you are. I've, I've- watched you for years. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'm sure of it. Is Steve uh, still doing stuff with, J- with Jason? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yep, yeah, but I do recommend um, he just put a book out, which is really good. Okay. Um, and he's got a uh, two series uh, documentary out called the the house in between, the house in between. Yeah, really good. Check that out. <laughs> there are a lot kinder people than uh, Zach Bagans and them, so. I've always been a fan of Ghost Hunters. I mean, I watch Ghost Adventures because they catch some pretty good stuff, but nope. he's he's hard to nope. he's hard to stop, and he's a piece of crap. Yes, that's that is what like I, I, I watched uh, I watched uh, oh the young guy and his sister Chelsea's the sister's oh, name. Oh yeah, uh-huh. uh huh. Dakota, um, Dakota and Chelsea. Yeah, uh-huh. I watched a whole inter- interview of Dakota talking about what Zach did to them, like getting their show kicked out of the network. Because it started getting higher ratings than Ghost Adventures. And he basically looked at the network and said, hit them or me. So that's why they're working with Ghost Hunters now. So, yeah. And mm-hmm. then Nick uh, Nick from the old days of Ghost Adventures did an interview where he's like, I've been telling y'all for years. That's why I left. Like, 
No. Wiser by shock now. God, yeah. Of course. So needless to say, I haven't watched Ghost Adventures in a yeah. long time. But I do highly recommend, and also Steve's friends with them, um, Ghost Brothers. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. It's yes. Incredible. It's incredible. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us, Danica. Thank you very much for having me. It was super fun. Well, nerds, we're going to get out of here. Thank you for tuning in. And as always, cheers to you. Bye. Bye. There once were two dudes who met back in college. Nobody loved pop culture more. So they started a podcast to talk all about it And 30 and Nerdy was born Oh, 30 and Nerdy was born You might hear them chat about shows like The Witcher Or movies like Lord of the Rings And if Josh has to choose, he is loyal to Marvel While Tyler goes more for DC Yes, Tyler goes more for DC. Now come, come, one and all. Nerd up or shut up, just answer the call to be part of our journey into magical worlds. Join us and cheers to ya nerds. Join us and cheers to ya nerds.